Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living.
morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. <laughs> they would start, start off making me cry. <laughs> I tell you all, there's no place I'd rather be than here in your love and here in the love of God. I am so happy. Let's give them another hand. Oh, man. So good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and welcome to all of you who are visiting today. Um, we hope you have a good time. We hope you enjoy the service today. I'm Reverend Kelly Kincaid, for those of you who don't know me, AKA Reverend Kelly. <laughs> and that's what I prefer to be called, Reverend Kelly. Just wanted to say that. Um, I'm gonna share our announcements for today and then we will continue with our service. Hopefully I won't keep crying through it. Please join us for, serve, uh, for fellowshipping, um, ga a fellowship gathering downstairs in the social hall for refreshments and just to enjoy each other after service today. The men's and women's group is having their first joint outing today. We're going to have lunch at the Leo's uh, Coney Island on 12 Mile and Farmington Road. And then we're going to head over to the Holocaust Min uh, Memorial Center at 1 o'clock. And that's at Orchard Lake and 12 Mile. So 12 o'clock, eating some food, and then 1.30, going to see some history. Our next critical conversation Zoom meeting is tomorrow at 7 p.m. I want to share something with you guys with this. For those of you who have been sticking in there and hanging in there, this is not an easy conversation. I know this. I really do. I, I, I truly know it. For me especially, it's not. But for those of you who are sticking in here with me and having these conversations and coming and inviting others, I thank you, I thank you, and I thank you because you, all of us who are doing this, we are living out our mission to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. And for those of you who haven't been in a while, I invite you to come. If, if, if you stay in there, it'll be easier and we will all bond together. Amen? Amen. And so you, the Zoom link is on the website. All you got to do is click on that link at 7 p.m. tomorrow and join us and invite others as well. Um, our next members service, new members service is next Sunday. And so if you have not, those of you who have not filled out the membership form and you are members, please do so. For those of you who want to become members of Unity of Farmington Hills, just go on our website, click on About Us, and down on the bottom of there is the membership form. Fill that out, and you can become a member of our church. It's just that easy. And then next week, we will celebrate and, and welcome our new members. Huh, I am like kind of full. I need to calm myself down. The church directory fundraiser um, for the capital campaign has been going pretty well. So we've been getting in some envelopes. Those uh, envelopes are in that packet. Please fill those out and turn them in. In the mornings on Sundays between 9.20 and 10 a.m., right over in the, in the uh, entrance area, Lois will be there. And then downstairs after service at or between 11 and 11.45, Either Chuck will be down there or somebody else, uh, Lois or um, Bonnie or uh, Sharon Clay, uh, Sharon Clay, Sharon Lewis, and I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting? Oh, Victoria. One of them will be down there to uh, receive your envelopes. Now, we're having a competition because in the back of the, the directory, there's uh, business ads and special messages. The, the one who can bring in the most business ads or special messages or business, um, uh, business cards will win $100. So I want us to get started with this by what we're going to do is we're going to have a drawing next week. So get in your envelopes, and the first the envelope that we draw next week will get a, what is it again, a subscription to the Daily Word. For a year, a year subscription to the Daily Word. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. It's the digital one, right? That we're going to get the digital one. So I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. So do that, please. Fill out the form, the envelope, the envelope, turn it in. And if you want to make a donation, put your donation in that envelope. Uh, am I missing anything? We do need volunteers, and especially if you can do graphic design to help us put it together. I forgot to bring the old one. It was pretty cool seeing you all in the old one, the old uh, directory that we have. And I'm excited about getting this one together. Amen? Amen. You guys are looking kind of, can we smile and get excited? Yay! Yay! Okay, I'm going to try it again. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Woo! All right. Well, Eileen Lindbergh is going to be our prayer chaplain for today. She'll meet you at the, what I call the patio doors in the back of the sanctuary to pray with you. So let's, the rest of us, 
usher ourselves out quickly so she can have a sacred place to pray and to stay abreast of our weekly activities and our upcoming events, our outreaches. Just uh, visit our website, check out the Facebook page, and also you can look through the newsletter that uh, Matthew sends out every day. If you're not, I mean every Friday, if you're not getting the newsletter, please go to the bottom of our website on that homepage and fill out that form. All right, well, as we, prepare, as we sit here and listen to our music team sing Shirley the Presence, let's prepare our hearts and our minds. We're going to do our spiritual communion today.
I am released to receive my highest good. I am released to receive my highest good. Now let that love radiate inside of you, coming from the heart of those who are forgiving you. Just feel a deep sense of oneness purifying you deeply. Take a deep breath. Let it sink into your heart. And now let us affirm this together. My mind and heart are filled with the forgiving love of Jesus Christ. My mind and heart are filled with the forgiving love of Jesus Christ. I am at peace. Now we are ready to commune with the, the presence in Christ and partake of the substance of life and spirit. Take another deep breath. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Almighty, powerful God, we know that the bread Jesus offered his disciples symbolizes the substance of life, the substance of spirit that invisible essence and energy out of which all things are made. This we spiritually eat and appropriate, becoming one with our divine inheritance. And now as we spiritually partake of that substance of God's truth, I invite you to silently affirm, through faith, I now partake of spiritual substance of truth. Through faith, I now partake of spiritual substance of truth. This is the bread of life. This is the bread of life. I am inspired by divine ideas. I am inspired by divine ideas and spiritual wisdom. And I am prospered in all ways. I have the ability to evaluate discern and apply what I know. Take another deep breath. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Almighty God, we know that this wine Jesus offered his disciples as his blood spiritualizes, symbolizes life, your very substance and your very spirit. We know that as we spiritually drink and partake of this idea of life, we are quickened and renewed. Let us now partake of this invisible quickening life of spirit. This time I want you to silently affirm to yourself, through faith I now drink of the wine of spirit. I am filled with the quickening life of spirit. I am made new in soul and body. I am guided by divine ideas and wisdom in every thought, word, feeling, and action. Take a deep breath and breathe that in. After the disciples felt the power of the Holy Spirit, they continued daily with one on a with one and on one accord in the temple. They dedicated their lives to the Lord's service. In prayer and in silence, we have appropriated the substance and life of spirit. 
we feel the inspiration of the indwelling Christ lifting our thoughts and feelings to a higher plane of understanding and wisdom. Now we are to go forth and dedicate our thoughts and activities to Christ's service. In consecration to the Christ in ourselves and in every individual, we now become living instruments of Christ's service. We close this communion by affirming our faith in the Christ spirit that moves in all individuals toward the establish, establishment of world peace. So I invite you to affirm with me, liberty, justice, righteousness, and peace together. Liberty, justice, righteousness, and peace are now established in the name and through the power of Jesus Christ are now established in the name and through the power of Jesus Christ. And so it is. Amen. I invite you to open your eyes, renewed, empowered, and consecrated by God's substance and spiritual life. keep on saying it. We got the sweetest, baddest band in unity. <laughs> Some sweet business, like I say. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Wow. <clears throat> you know, it, it's, uh, 
we didn't have service last week, and I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like God's been working me with what I was supposed to speak on last week. And I confess to you that I don't have all the pieces together, so we're going to let God bring it together because this has been a deep um, parable that's been working itself inside of me. And that this parable entitled the, the Parable of the Persistent Widow is kind of deep for me. One of the things that I love about Jesus is that Jesus was no respecter of persons, which means that Jesus loved everybody equally, the same, noticing and recognizing and affirming and acknowledging the Christ in each and every person. And so with this parable, it's a powerful parable because it's recognizing a woman. And back in first century, century Judaism, women were not recognized. As a matter of fact, widow means one without a voice, one that cannot speak. And so Jesus is using this widow to show something. Now, the title of this, uh, this parable is the parable of the persistent widow. But as we go in deeper into it, we're going to see that he's actually emphasizing something more powerful than the persistent widow. It's something inside of us that he's working with. And so the title of my talk today is Receiving Justice Through Righteous Prayer. So I'm going to read this. This is in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And I love how Jesus sets up his parables because he gives you either the, what it's going to be talking about either before you go into it or he takes what somebody says or when the Pharisees are criticizing him and he uses that as an opportunity to open up in an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. And I love that about Jesus. So Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who never feared God or cared about people. A widow of the same city came to him re repeatedly saying, give me justice in the dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he came, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even when he rendered, even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? God, I surrender myself right now, releasing the human understanding, bringing forth the spirit within, allowing you to use me as you would have me be. Thank you for your mighty, mighty message as it comes forth in real time. Amen. So this is powerful, as I said, because a widow was considered one of the vulnerable ones, the widows, the orphans, the foreign people in Jewish traditions back in Jesus' time. They were considered um, spe receiving special uh, treatment from God, special protection from God. And so widows, now see, this is the thing about women in first century Judaism. Women were protected by the man they were under. So as they were growing up, they're under their father. They're under the protection of their father. As they get married, they're under the protection of their husband. If their husband dies and they have a son, they're under the protection of their son if their son is old enough to take care of them. And if their son is not old enough to take care of them, then, they, then it's usually the, the husband's brother who takes care of them or that part, the woman's brother. But the woman is always under the protection, under the support of, her, of a man. She does not have the right to speak up for herself. So to have this woman repeatedly coming to this judge 
And that back then, they did their course out in public. So now this woman, this widow, is repeatedly coming to this judge because she is desperate. Back then, when, the, when the, widows, the widows were so vulnerable because they were not under the law of inheritance. So they didn't even have the right to inherit their husband's property. Isn't that deep? It went to their brothers, and the brother would take care of the wife. But if the, there was no brother or there was no son, they were left out destitute. That's why they were under the protection of God. And that's why when they would go to a judge, the judge would give them special, um, what's the word I want to use? Will come from compassion in their heart. But this judge has none. And this judge is sitting here, just ignore him. It says he doesn't have, he doesn't fear God or have a care about people. Now this is important. Because in Jewish tradition, to fear God means to have reverence to God. And especially if you're a judge. You vow to have God in your consciousness when you're rendering indecisions towards others. You vow to have God in your consciousness as you follow the traditions of the, Jewish, of the uh, Jewish culture back then. Well, he didn't care. He was all about himself. And then the other part in there, too, is that because it was it's such a um, community-based culture, you could easily be shamed. And so they would do things to keep themselves from being shamed. So the judge would follow what they're meant to do to keep from being shamed. This judge didn't care at all. Either he didn't know the Torah or the, pro or the teachings of the prophet, or he just went against it and he would be bribed. Well, of course, she didn't have the money to bribe him. She did not have anybody to speak for her, so she had to do it herself. How many times have you in your own life had moments where you felt alone, where you even felt like you didn't know God heard you as you were sitting and praying and pouring your heart out to God? How many times have you been in a situation that was so dark or so low or in a space where you've been fighting, 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 fighting for years to get justice and still don't have it? That's where this widow is. But the thing is, Jesus, the, when we look at this, the beginning of this says that Jesus told this story to show that they should, to his disciples, to show that they should always pray and never give up. But there's another thing in there that is important to look at. And I want to give a little bit more of why this judge changed his mind because the, the, so most of these versions are watered down. They, they don't have the correct interpretation. In verse 5 it says that he finally uh, he, uh, the judge ignored for a while, I don't fear God, but this woman, this is verse 5, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me down. She's wearing me out. But the true Greek version of this is that she will punch me in the eye. <laughs> Punch me in the eye. She would give me a black eye. Oh. It's boxing terms. So she wasn't just a persistent woman, a persistent <laughs> widow. She was kind of aggressive towards him. And he didn't want to be seen as the judge who got knocked out by a little lady. And so eventually, what, what public's the, the public's opinion did matter to him. Isn't that interesting? that it wasn't because she kept coming to him and wanting justice and his heart was warm towards her. It was because he didn't want to look bad and lose his position as a judge because a woman, a widow, who's considered the most vulnerable, he's afraid she's going to punch him in the eye. That's the reason he rendered the judgment. And Jesus tells this to add a little humor to the parable. But the thing that I like the most is that in this parable and in the parable where he's talking about the lost coin, he has exalted woman. He has made woman important in the Jewish tradition. And there's some, like still in the United States, where women are not held in as, esteem, as high esteem as Jesus held women and still holds women now. Does that make sense? So the story back then 
still holds true right now, which is why we have Women's History Month. And so it's interesting to see how even stories in the Jewish tradition back in the first century, first century Judaism still represents or still uh, stands now. I don't know about Jewish traditions right now if it's the same way you're saying no. Absolutely. I didn't think so because my sister-in-law, um, when she was going to a synagogue, she had a female rabbi. And so she, I didn't think it's still the same way. Held in high esteem? Yes. Um, and even in the Orthodox religion, where people would interpret it that Jewish, because they sit separately. Right, they sit separately. Et cetera, et cetera. Right. If you talk to them, because I had a friend who was Orthodox, they don't feel that way. They go to college, they work, they, they in their home, it isn't any different than any place else. Right, right. But the thing is, too, though, even with the change in how the tradition has come to espouse women with more esteem, there's still people, there's still times in our lives where we don't hold that aspect, that feminine side of ourselves in high esteem. There's times when we down our emotions. There's times when we want to stay in the intellectual, which is where the judge is, and it's hard to connect and draw down in our heart. So we're in a space of judgment all the time, and it's hard to connect it with love. This judge represents staying in a space of the intellect without being in alignment with the heart. Does that make sense? In the Jewish tradition, it is shifted, where there is a love and a compassion is held towards women. And that's what Jesus was there to teach at the time that Jesus came on the scene. But when we look at our own individual lives, how often do we fight for our own selves? Like how often we, do we stand in a, a space of self-care? I'm sure there's some of you who are here that are already in that groove and already doing it for yourselves. But there's times that we get distracted and get caught up in the world, get caught up in what should be, get caught up in what doesn't make sense, get caught up in why are they doing it that way versus doing it this way. And we let go of the compassion and the heart and we move in that space where we don't even commune with God. Prayer, when you look at true prayer, when you look at righteous prayer, it's continuous communion with God. Charles Fillmore says is when, we come, when man comes into union, or women, comes into union with God. When we miss that peace on a regular basis of communing with God in our hearts, there's no righteousness there. Does that make sense? Righteousness is being a disciple to the consciousness of God. And when you're not, it's right-minded, it's the right side of the brain, which is the spiritual side of the brain, and it's connected to the left side of the body, which is the feminine side of the body. Well, what we have here with this widow, she's representing those moments when we're stepping in a space of lack consciousness. We're not connected anywhere. We're so distracted in the world that we don't feel that connection to God. Does that make sense? And when you don't feel it, it's not easy to be it. It's not easy to trust it. It's not easy to step in a faith, the faith that is persistent and continues, like the beginning of this parable when Jesus said, it says, Jesus told this story to show that you should pray and never give up. How many of us continue to pray and never give up? You do, Lauren? How many of us have moments where we are never distracted from life ever? <laughs> Lauren, your hand didn't go up. <laughs> this is the thing that's so important. I'm listening. They sang that song, I Want More of You, God. What was that, the lyrics of those? That I want more of you, God. Until you get to that space where you truly want more 
of God, like just truly want to go deeper and want more for God. You won't know how to truly pray because you haven't tapped into the one that shows you how. Does that make sense? And you don't have a deep sense of faith, which is what this is actually demonstrating. You never give up because you have faith in the truth that it is manifesting no matter how it looks, no matter how your situation looks, no matter how your body looks, no matter how your circumstances look, no matter how your relationships look, no matter how your job looks, no matter what's going on, you cannot consistently keep praying without giving up if you don't trust that it's going to work. You can't. You cannot step into the, oh, that's me? <laughs> okay, the power of God. Let me come back up here. Whoa. I am woman, hear me pop. <laughs> that's what happened, I popped. And I'm not a weasel. Pop goes the weasel. Squirrel. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we needed that because we were getting a little deep in there, huh? <laughs> but no, for real. Sometimes we have those moments where we don't think that God is there. And that's because we forget that we have to go into having a relationship and seeking God first. God does not seek us because God is already there in us. God needs not to seek us because God is already in us. It is us who need to seek God. It is us who need to seek God by constantly affirming God's presence. So the ways to move into righteous prayer, there's a couple ways. And out of that, comes the justice of God. And that's another thing that we need to focus on is that when we pray for justice, sometimes we expect it to come a certain, at a certain time or a certain quickness, and it doesn't. But the Bible says here that it will come quickly. In spirit, it is there quickly. It is just up to us to be transformed in a consciousness to receive it in our minds and in our lives. Does that make sense? So now it's already there, we have to line ourselves up with it. And that's why continually praying and coming into communion with God, coming into union with God. So that means that our prayers must always be rooted in faith. That's number one. Righteous prayers are always rooted in faith. Number two, righteous prayers are always, man, rooted in truth. Huh? Exclamation mark. Number three. <laughs> righteous prayer never gives up on God. But that reflects the fact that God never gives up on us. Do you know that? Like seriously, do you know that God never gives up on you, that it is us that gives up on God? The other piece is righteous prayer is rooted in a strong relationship with God and a consciousness of communion. You know, I keep not wanting to share my business, but I guess God's bringing me into my business. I have my own story of seeking justice that I didn't get. When I was married to my second ex-husband, that was a really interesting situation. I was trying to make someone love me who couldn't love himself, really. I was trying to make someone be in a space of responsibility who hadn't really learned how to take care of himself and be responsible for himself. I was trying to, to, to love and make somebody stand up and pay his part and be responsible, but you, you can't do that. And so when I left and I was divorced, I kept praying for justice because it didn't feel right that he owed thousands of dollars to me and my family and I, get, and I walk away uh, depressed and, and, and low vibration and just drawn up like sucked dry, it felt like. Like this is not fair. Like it's, it, you know the craziness of this? It felt worse than when my mother died. 
That's how terrible it felt. I was prepared for when my mother died, but I was not prepared for this. And, and then he leaves and gets to get away scot-free. And I'm feeling like there's no justice here. Seriously? And it's been 2012 is when we divorced. And like, had I still stayed in this space, I would have been like, still, he hasn't paid us back. There's no justice here. I feel like that widow. Until I realized that I'm happy. That I have gotten to the place where I am right now without him. That that's my justice. Because he's probably where he is and I don't even care. I've let it go. But the beautiful piece about it is that marriage is what introduced me to unity. That relationship is what got me into opening up to accept my calling to be a minister. So justice isn't always happening while you're there and you get to see it. Justice happens inside of you. You get to experience it in you. And so now I am happy. There's another thing that I got. There's somebody who I was listening to a minister who was talking about this, and he was saying that you pray and you're persistent in prayer, and sometimes your prayers aren't answered when you're alive. When my mother was, um, it was in 2000, she had surgery on her knee. This was a couple years before she had breast cancer. And she wrote us all a letter just to share her feelings. And in the letter, she said, I pray for your happiness. I know that you can take care of your children. I have faith in you, and I trust in you. And then she died a couple years later. But her prayer lived on. Look where I am. I was able to take care of my kids. I was able to step into my truth. I am happy. Your prayer lingers on and continues to be persistent until it is manifested. Divine law never ends until it is manifested. That's some deep business. So not only do I have justice, my mother's persistent prayer has been answered. How many of you pray persistently for, uh, uh, consistently and persistently for your kids? Always praying, always thinking about your kids. Don't you know that even when you transition, that prayer will still cover them? That my grandmother's prayer is still covering me. That even my great-grandmother's prayers are still covering us. That as you step in a relationship with God and you truly put that prayer out there with faith, in the moment that you have that faith, it will continue on and you will have the justice through the prayer being answered. And the prayer is not always what we think it's supposed to be. The justice is not always what we think it's supposed to be. But if you have faith in God, it doesn't matter what it becomes because you know that it will be what you need. Amen? Amen. The only one that truly knows what we need is the one that created us. The only one who truly knows the justice that we need is the one that created us. Now, in here, Jesus says, if this unjust judge finally renders a judgment, how much more would God answer our prayer? And some people say, well, you know what, I don't know why. They, that's, he's comparing God to this unjust judge. But back then, that was the, liter the way of, of literature that they did, from lesser to greater. And that is what we are moving into spiritually. We are moving from a lesser vibration into a greater vibration. Amen? Amen. So it's time for us to talk to that unjust judge through the persistent widow inside of us that has forgotten her way. What does that mean? It means that we need to root more deeply in love and align that with our heart, our, I mean our intellect and our wisdom. Does that make sense? Wisdom is taking truth and aligning it with love. Let me say that again. Wisdom is taking truth and aligning it with love and then living the truth that you know. 
So the fifth unity principle does not make any sense if it doesn't have love in, embedded in it. Does that make sense to you all? So as we pray persistently, as we step into being this widow, as we stay in a righteous space of trust and faith, that is the true meaning of this parable. Not a widow who is persistently bothering a judge to get a just judgment. It is have the faith to pray no matter what. Now this last piece Jesus says in here, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Now what it says in other translations is who have the faith, meaning have the faith that the widow did by staying persistent. And then this is important because in, Jew in Judaism, in first century Judaism, it was the idea that things are going to get worse and terrible before, they, before the second coming, quote unquote. So what Jesus is saying here is that even in those times when things seem worst, how many will he find with the persistent faith of the widow? What do they say when the going gets tough, the tough get going? When the going gets tough, those who love God step into faith more strongly. But it is easier when you're already practicing persistently praying in faith. Amen? Amen. So that matters a lot to me because we just moved out of Black History Month and we're still praying for shift and change in this world, in this, in this United States. And we're now in Women's History Month, and we're still praying for equality for women as well. What I charge us all to do is to never give up praying from your heart and from the faith within. Trust that as you are seeking God, God is already there, that as we seek God, we change the circumstances in our mind to step in the faith that we need to be for the circumstances to change in our life. Does that make sense? I am aligning my mind with God together. I am aligning my mind with God. I step into righteous prayer together. I step into righteous prayer. I accept God's form of judgment together. I accept God's form of judgment. And God, I know you're still moving in me as you're moving in us all. Thank you for bringing us all into a consciousness where we seek you and want more of you, where we step into a deeper consciousness of faith that is infused by our relationship with you, where we constantly pray and talk to you from a spirit of truth. And as we pray and speak to you from a consciousness of truth, we trust that your way is the just way so that our righteous prayer brings forth your justice, not ours. We lift this prayer in the mighty name and nature of the one who truly brings justice within our hearts and minds first and then within our lives. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, God, and thank you all. Stranded in the shadows, it was all I ever knew. I was pushed down in the darkness, lost all hope of breaking through. There's no life inside that prison, no wind 
windows just these walls and chains but love was on a mission and i never will forget the day you woke my heart up you made me brave you lifted my eyes and called me by my name so Like a lighthouse off the coast Always willing, always ready To leave this wandering heart back home And now I still got bruises And scars don't lie But they're the proof that I got a second chance at life So come on, come on Out of the darkness Come on, out of the night No more, no more Living in the shadows now Step into the light Come on, come on No looking back now Come on, come on Run for your life No more, no more Living in the shadows now Step into the light There's a break in the clouds The sun's raining down It's calling me out This is my hallelujah Night turns to day All my fear melts away I lift my hands up and say This is my hallelujah the darkness come on come on out of the night no more no more living in the shadows now step into the light oh come on come on out of the darkness come on come on out of the night no more no more living in the shadows now step into the light come on come on no looking back now Come on, come on, run for your life No more, no more, living in the shadows now Step into the light I love it. I love it. Isn't it amazing how the songs always match? I'm going to keep saying that over and over again because that's how God shows up and shows out, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love you, God. I love you, God. Let's gently close our eyes and move into a space of prosperity and let it come to your mind what you feel led to give for a love offering for today. And take a deep breath. Whoo, thank you, God. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Let's stand up. <clears throat> I still feel led to pray, so let's bring to mind, gently close your eyes and bring to mind some, whoever you feel led to pray for. I'm feeling some people. Imagine us in a virtual prayer circle, even those who are online. And call forth the names of those who you know that you're praying with. You're affirming their truth through faith. Ashley, Dion, Rosie, Roxanne, Michael, Riley, Barry, Tom, Ty. God, as you hear these names being called forth as I am praying, we know that your heart, the spirit in you, 
the Christ of love in each one of them is being activated right now as the names are being called forth from the power of our voice. We thank you, God, for answering their prayer in, what, in the way that you know they need it. Even above what we think they need, you know it more. And so we thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, for answered prayer. And so it is. Amen. Now let us go ahead and affirm our prayer for protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.